so you're gonna have to take one of those uh, fancy pins, uh, Pine Hill pins out of the back of the pew because we're gonna do a little work on that index card. I'm gonna ask you a question. Once you write some stuff down on the index card for me, it's your index card, okay? Not gonna hand them in, not gonna turn them in. It's your index card. So be fair about what you put on your index card. So I'm gonna ask you a question. Tonight we're gonna talk about identity, all right? And the title of, of the message for tonight is Identity of Christ. The Identity of Christ, all right? So I wanna talk about identity. Identity is important, would you agree? All right, it's, a, it's very important. So here's a question. What is your identity? What's your identity? We're going to talk about that first before we get into our lesson tonight. What's your identity? I want you to do something for me on your next card. I want you to list three to five things that identify you as a person on your, on your card. Three to five things that you could say identify you as a person. So if you say, hey, this is what identifies me. So write them down. Three things, five things, just what identifies you as a person. Just put them down. Identity is very important. How people identify to you. So what would you put on that card? It can be one word, it can be two words. Don't, don't make it like a paragraph or anything. And then while you're working on that, I want you to rate them from priority, of most important to least important. One through three, one through five, whatever you put on. So list your most important identifiable character as number one, and your least identifiable as your last number, however many you put down there. So then they can all be important identifiers, but I want you to, don't you list them one through five or one through four and prioritize them for me. All right. Now, anybody want to share what you, what you put down? Anybody? Go ahead, Stephen. Uh, you, uh, you can give me an order if you want to. Give us number one. Layman. Say it. Layman. Layman. Okay, go ahead. Father. Father. This man. What was that one? Man. This man. Okay. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Greg. All right. Anybody else? You know, for years, it was Kerry. He was a paramedic. That's what, that's what you knew me by. That's five and six. I'm just saying. <laughs> and then, then it was, hey, there's Kerry. He's a PA. All right. All right. Now, well, Kerry, he's a pastor down at Pine Hill. Right? If you said the word Tyler Lee, what would be an identifiable what would you, how would you identify Tyler Lee? <laughs> What's that? Caring. Caring. Wesley. Compassion, huh? All right, put. 
All right. All right. If I said Patty Dinkins, what would you say? Huh? Yeah. These are all identifiable factors, and nothing wrong with identifiable factors, okay? But Greg said Christian, all right? So think about all your identifiable factors. Uh, Miss Jerry, what, what were yours? Brother Wesley, you want to share? Okay. <laughs> All right, so let's think about this. So most of the time, things you identify people with, it would be their trade or the things that they're involved in. Would you not agree? Most of the time, that's what, that's what you do. But the thing is, when, what Greg said, one of the things he said was Christian. All right, so, so even when people say Kerry Dinkins, they say, he's the pastor at Pine Hill. Pastor's one thing, and that's not something that I take lightly, but, but a servant of the Lord. Someone who serves the Lord. Wouldn't that be a, a Christian? Someone who is most someone who is has a priority to making sure that people know Jesus Christ. And that's where we want to be. Now there's nothing wrong with being a mechanic, nothing wrong with being a physical therapist, nothing wrong with being a, a homemaker. But the first one should be in our in our list of identifiable causes our characteristics is someone who reflects people back to Jesus, all right? So let's look at the identity of Jesus Christ. And that was just a little exercise. And I'm going to be honest with you, um, that is, was a question. If y'all ever watched the movie Overcomer, y'all seen that movie? Nobody seen that movie? All right, so that's the next movie we'll watch on movie night, all right? So in that movie in Overcomer, there's a, there's a blind man in the bed that's sick, and there's a Christian who goes in and sits with him for a minute. And basically the man says, tell me who John Doe is. is it whatever the guy's name was. Tell me who he is. First thing he said was, I'm a basketball coach. You know, I'm a father. He gave all these things. And his fifth one was Christian. He said, why is that one so far down on your list? Why is it so far down on your list? And that's something we need to think about. And so, so Jason sparked my uh, mind at Thursday night when he was preaching about, uh, when he was talking in John about Jesus said, who do people say I am? Who do you say I am? He was asking for an identifiable characteristic. And that's where it just sparked my mind thinking about that. So let's look at the identity of Christ. Now, keep your pens handy because I got some important things that I want you to do on this, this Colossians 1, 15 through 20. When I read this scripture, and this is, this is how God works, is I was looking at a different passage of scripture to preach for next Sunday, and, and it pushed me to this passage right here. And I said, well, this will be a great lead-in to next Sunday morning. So what I want you to do is I want you to look with me, but there's some important words in here that I want you to underline or circle as we go through this, this verse of scripture, because we're going to open this up together. So let's read it first, and then we'll go back and, and work through it together. Colossians 1, 15 through 20 says this, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by Him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and by Him all things hold together. 
He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. All right, so let's look at that together. So I want to work back through that because I want you to underline or circle some words for me as we go back through it. So, so in verse one, or 15, I want you to circle image or either underline, you can do either one, invisible, firstborn, and all. Because we're going to look at those words because each of those words has pertinent importance in this passage of Scripture. Image, invisible, firstborn, all, all. And we think about some of these important. All right, so let's look at, let's go to the second verse in verse 16. All right, I want you to under, underline everything, heaven, earth, earth, visible, invisible. Here again, the word all, and then through. And four. Okay, got them? All right, verse 17. Same two words. All and all. You think all is an important word? Mm-hmm. All right, so here, all right, we're underlining it. It must be important, huh? All right, so that verse 18. Head, beginning, and here again, everything. All right, verse 19. What word do you think we want to get first, right off the bat? All. All, all right? And then the three words at the end, dwell in him. All right, and the last verse. All right, what do you think we ought to get on right off the bat? Everything. Everything, all right? And then, then a couple of duplicate words, or not duplicate words, but two words, on earth, in heaven. So, so look at how many times the word all was in this passage of Scripture. And then look at everything and tell me, is there a difference between all and everything? Same thing. So it's enhanced that many more times, okay? So all and everything basically go hand in hand. So, so we're going to work through these words out of this passage of Scripture together. So, so again, this passage of Scripture, just like Jason did this morning, I broke it down into four different sections, and we're going to ease through those sections together, all right? So first, he existed before creation. That's Jesus Christ, existed before creation. And we're going to talk about a few things, and i got a, a few notes on there for you. No filling the blanks anymore, so just relax. In Paul's writings, the term firstborn does not refer to a particular time or an order of being born. That's not what he's talking about in firstborn when he talks about that in firstborn. Well, Paul is saying it refers to the place or status concerning Jesus Christ. It refers to his place in order. It refers to his status. That's what firstborn means in this passage of Scripture. Jesus Christ was not the first being that was created since he was not created. Okay, so let's don't get that wrong. He himself was the one who created all things. He was not created. The term firstborn simply means of first importance. That's what it means. 
first importance, not firstborn as in the birth of anything. It's a first importance. Now, look at this. Solomon was not the firstborn son of David, yet he was called and named, what, firstborn. Firstborn over all creation. What that means is prior to all creation. That means that Jesus Christ was before creation existed. He was before time. Time has no control or no factor in Jesus Christ. He's before all that, all right? Jesus Christ is not a created, a created being. He is eternally God. All right, so here we're going to get deep here just a second now. He is God. Well, you're saying, Carrie, that, that Jesus is God. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. Well, he's the son of God, right? But so he's still God. Though. He's part of the triune God, right? Godhead, correct? He's part of the Trinity. He's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, but each part is still God, all right? So he is the creator, all right? Let's look over here. All right. He, all right. Let me just say something here. Okay. One step further. Paul used the word image, and that's the word I want you to underline, to make it clear that Jesus was an exact representation of, Exact duplication of God the Father. All right? That's what you're talking about. Now let's look at this. Here's some things that I wrote down. These are things that we say. Okay? He looks like his daddy. Y'all say that? She looks like her mama. What's the phrase when we, that we use when someone looks almost exactly like another person, but they're not a twin? What is it? What kind of image is it? He's a spitting image. What does that mean? He's the spitting image of that person. Huh? <laughs> he spit him right out. He, he's exactly, he looks just like him. He's the spitting image of his father. Well, let me tell you something. You know what Jesus Christ looked like? He was the what? Spitting image of his father. He said that. If you've seen me, you've seen who? The Father, all right. So John 14, 9, Jesus said, the one who has seen me has seen the Father. He was a spitting image. Now, here's the thing. These are some words of work now that we underline. God is what? Visible or invisible? He's invisible, all right? Jesus Christ has revealed him through, he's revealed him to us through his actions, through his words, through his life, through what he exemplified, through his unconditional love. We've seen God through Jesus Christ, all right? He, through his presence, through Christ's very presence, his nature, his characteristics, the things that he did, the way he talked, the, the things that he performed, the miracles that he did, his existence, his power, and then the things that we talked about on Wednesday night is his wisdom. He shared godly wisdom, all right, that he got directly from God. All right, when we look around, and this is something that, that's very good, and, and Myron can help me with this. When you look around in nature, you see the hand of God in everything, do you not? Sunsets. <laughs> you remember that? Okay. <laughs> Sunrise, sunsets, just look around at the beauty of the flowers, the beauty of the things, the mountains. You know, stand, have you ever been to uh, the Grand Canyon? Anybody ever been to the Grand Canyon? When you stand at the edge of the Grand Canyon, what does it look like? It's hard to be there. It's, it's indescribable. It's hard to fathom. When you stand on the, in the, in the, at the edge of the beach and you look out in the water, what does it look like? I mean, when you see the sunset on the water, what does that look like? It's indescribable. You see the hand of God in everything around us, in nature, all right? The sunsets, the oceans, the mountains, the flowers, the birds that return to the same nest every year to have their young. Y'all know about that? Anybody have that? 
Yeah, they come back to the same spot. That's God working all that things together, all right? Through all of nature, you see the work of God, but only through Jesus Christ do we see the invisible God revealed to us perfectly. There's no flaw in that whatsoever. He's revealed to us perfectly through Jesus Christ. We, can't, we can see the hand of God. We can see God's handiwork. We can see how God creates a human being that's so magnificent when it's born to see how he's orchestrated it. If you know anything about biology, to see how God has created the human body, the way it functions, the way the different organs in it work, it's all part of the hand of God. But only through Jesus Christ do we see God revealed to us perfectly. All right, Since no other thing or person can reveal God to us perfectly, Jesus Christ must be God. It's just another assurance. It's just another way of knowing flat out that Christ is God in the flesh and in spirit. All right, He is the second part of the triune God. All right, So let's move on. He created all things. We know that. We know that from John. Uh, tells us in John 1.1. 1, 1, Jesus Christ created all things. He himself is uncreated. He didn't create himself. And God the Father did not create him either. He's not a created being. He existed with God and the Holy Spirit since before the beginning of time. All right. Now, in verse 16, I had you underline the word for. At the beginning of verse 16, all right, it, this could also be translated, if you take that word, it could also be translated as the word because, when you look at this word for, all right, because everything was created by Jesus Christ, everything was created through him and for him. So he created everything, it was all created by him, but it was created for his pleasure. It was created for him, all right, all right. All right, makes sense to me. Now, this when I look at it, it makes sense to me why uh, the wind and the, everything obeys his command. It makes sense to me why the storm calmed when, when he told it to calm. makes sense to me why disease would leave a person when he told it to leave because he had authority. He had command over every single thing because he created everything. But, Carrie, are you saying that he created sin? That's not what I'm saying. All right, disease not necessarily sin. All right, it's a physical ailment, but he had control over that. All right, so here's the thing: when you think about it, does can, can God use sin on His mission? Can He use it? He does. A lot of times, He uses people to to draw them to Himself. A lot of times, so He could, He can use that. All right, so it just makes sense to me why crippled people got up and walked when He told them to get up and walk. Makes sense to me why while demons came out of people and went into pigs and they went into the water. Makes sense because what he had authority over all of that. Amen. All right. All right. At the same time, uh, he was the master over everything. Now, the Bible says all things were made by him. These are important words, by him. All things were under his control, all things were under his command. Now let's look a little bit further. All things exist for him. A little bit further. Everything exists in him. For him and through him. And this is Jesus Christ. It's all made for him, all right? Christ is the source in which everything exists. Now, this is important. And I didn't have you underload that because that word wasn't in there. But the source of the church, the source of Christians, is all about Jesus Christ. He's the source in which everything exists. Now, let's look at a few things that are in history. 
Greek philosophers taught that everything needed a certain type of cause for existence. And I broke those down for you, three causes. Greek philosophers said that everything has to have a primary cause, an instrumental cause, and a final cause. That's what it has to have, those three things. But when you look at that in Christianity, all right, so let's look at it. When it comes to creation of the universe, Jesus Christ is the primary cause, and it's because he planned it. It was the God the Father, it was God the Son, and they planned what was going to take place. They knew exactly what was going to take place. He planned it. That's the primary cause. He is the instrumental cause because he produced it. He made it happen, all right? And he is the final cause because he did it for his own pleasure, all right? Any questions so far? Y'all staying with me? Yes or no? All right, huh? All right, let's move on. He holds all things together. Because Christ existed before all things, he can hold all things together. This is another fact that affirms that Jesus Christ is God, all right? John 1, 1. What does it say it with me if you know what, if you remember it by heart? We've already memorized this verse, right? In the beginning was what? The Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was what? Was God. That's what he tells us. In the beginning was the Word, which is Jesus Christ. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. All right? Only God existed before all of creation. And only God can make creation function the way that he intended it to function. All right? All right. Christ made all things, he controls all things, and by him all things are held together. It just amazes me. You know, you think about holding things together. You know, atmospheric pressure, gravity. You know, if we didn't have gravity, what would happen to us? I wouldn't be standing here, right? We'd have to have some metal boots or something holding us down. But you think about the sun and the way that the earth rotates with the sun, and you think about the sun and how it's such a massive ball of fire. Has anybody ever been to the sun? Not just in here, but has anybody ever been to the sun? Why can't you go to the sun? You would burn up. Well, if that sun was just a little bit closer, we'd burn up. If it was a little bit further away, what would happen to us? We'd freeze to death. So it has to stay in exactly the right orbital situation 24 7, 365 days a year. Who's holding that in position? God. He holds all things in position. He holds all things together, all right? All right. He's the head of the church. There are many different images in the church that are listed in the New Testament. So there's many different images, but none is more important than the image of what? The body, all right? The body is one of the most important images when it comes to. The church, the body of Christ, the church body, all right? And that's important. I want you to remember that, all right? We know that the human body is very important, and we know all about it because he's a medicine man for your pastor, and he likes to share and talk about anatomy, doesn't he? All right? But we know it's important, all right? We discussed it many times that the fact of the human heart is a central organ within the human body. Have we ever talked about the heart? Yes, it's very important, all right? And as important as the heart is, but just as important to the heart, to the human body, is the head of the body, the brain, the head of the, the, head of the human body, all right? All right, so it's equally important. But now, when it comes to the church, the head of the church is hands down the most important area of the church. Would you agree? Yeah, because who's the head of the church? 
Jesus Christ. All right. So he's the most important. No single denomination can claim, can claim to be the body of Christ because the body is composed of all true believers. So it doesn't matter what your denomination is. It doesn't matter what a denomination is. If they are a believer, born-again believer, Christian, then we're all part of the same body of Christ. All right? All right. When a person places their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he or she is immediately baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. This isn't a delayed action. This isn't something that takes place down the road. It isn't something that takes place next week. It's an immediate, instant issue that takes place through the power of the Holy Spirit when someone becomes a believer. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not something that takes place after conversion experience. It occurs immediately. Now, every Christian is a member of the spiritual body, and Jesus Christ is the head of the spiritual body. Now, Greek usage. If you go into the Greek and you look at the Greek usage of the word head, it means source, which is what I talked to you about a while ago, and origin. So the beginning, the origin, and the source. Or it also means leader or ruler, and that's what head refers to. Jesus Christ is the source of the church body, and he, le- he is the leader of the church. Now, in verse 18, and that was, we're getting close to the end. Verse 18, Paul says he is the beginning. That's what he's talking about, which tells us that Jesus Christ has priority over time as far as the church is concerned. He is not controlled by time because he was created, or he created time, and he was before time. The church was created to continue the mission that God of God that Jesus began while he was here on this earth. Now, the term beginning can also be translated into originator. All right, it comes from origin, but it can also be originator. As the head of the church, Jesus Christ supplies it with life. He injects us with life through the power of the Holy Spirit. All right, and he gives us, he gives gifts to men and women. Now, here's the important thing. He gives men and women spiritual gifts to be used within the church and outside of the church. But let's just look at that. He gives gifts to men and women, and then he places these gifted people in the church so that they might serve him where they are needed. Do we have any gifted people serving in this church? Yes, we do. All right. So he's done. So obviously this is fact I'm giving you, all right? Through the powerful word of God, Jesus Christ nourishes and cleanses the church. Let me be perfectly clear on the leadership of the church so there's no question about this, all right? No believer on this earth is the head of the church. You agree? All right. Let's, Let's make that clear. The position of head of the church is reserved exclusively for Jesus Christ, all right? He was the beginning of the church. You know, when he ascended into heaven, the church began. All right? He started the mission of the church before while he was here. When he ascended, the church began uh, a part of, of the future. All right? And he is the source that keeps the church functioning the way God intends for it to function. So I'm going to give you a few things right on the end that, that are important. Christ is the Savior. He's the creator, and he's the head of the church. No question about it. All right? But when you look at each one of these identities... It's directly related to lost sinners. He's Savior for lost sinners. He's the creator of the universe, all right? And he's the head of the church over all true believers. Amen? And thanks for good stuff. Did y'all pick up on any of that? Okay. All right, I'm done with that. And uh, I'm going to close this with prayer, and then we're going to open up our business meeting after that. Father God, I just thank you for this day. God, I thank you for the love that you show each one of us. And God, I'm just so thankful to be part of the, the, the Pine Hill Baptist Church. God, just the, the dedication of the, the people serving here 
And God, just I'm so thankful to be part of that service. And God, I just pray that you would continue to lead us, to guide us, God, just to, to show us the path that you want us to go. And God, help us to be a light in a lost and dark world. And I just pray these things in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. All righty. Switch gears.